Hey, sisters, welcome to this episode of the Period Whisperer podcast. I wanted to take an opportunity to interview a fellow career woman and mom who I know has experienced all the symptoms of perimenopause and premenopause that so many of us and you are struggling with. And I brought on an incredible woman who's also a fitness coach who's spent her last decade and a half building her business in the health and wellness industry very successfully, who was slammed with the same frustrating elements and had to take a big step back to better understand what was going on in her body to finally reach success. So from burnout to bliss, I want to share this conversation I had with you with Teresa Hansen, who will share the tips and the things that worked for her to get her back on track. Because isn't that what we all want? We want to feel amazing in our bodies. We want to feel like we can lose weight if that's something we want to do for ourselves. We want to feel energized for the rest of our lives and not depleted and frustrated and held down by these symptoms. So if you want to learn how to do this from another woman other than myself, stay tuned. Let's dive in. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you, Teresa, on the Period Whisperer podcast. And, you know, we were just talking before we started recording. You know, we were having a conversation a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I really wanted to have you on because I think you're such a beautiful example of a career mom who um, has a, a healthy relationship with fitness and health, you're, you know, for a long, long time now, like made even a career out of it. And like me hit this point in your life in these beautiful, fun perimenopause years where all of a sudden what had always been working for us. And we've worked out together lots of times. We've, you know, yes. enjoyed lots of pre-workout together. We've, you know, had a lot of fun together and all of a sudden what was once working was no longer working. And, and not only that, but it's almost like your body starts to go like rebel against you a little bit, right? It's not yeah. even like, well, I'm just stagnant now. It's like things, things are going backwards. So I'm excited to have you on and just kind of have a great conversation with you about what it's like to be, you know, a successful career mom who, you know, comes to this realization in perimenopause and what has helped you get back to getting results and feeling like yourself again in your body. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, like you said, we've been doing this for a long time. My, my fitness journey started almost 13 years ago wow. and all the stuff that, that worked last time, even after having both my kids and being able to bounce back and do all that stuff, just wasn't working anymore. And it was just, it's, you know, mentally and physically it was hard to figure out like what 
is wrong? Is there something wrong with me? Yeah, no, I can. Can you paint a picture of your, first of all, I should say we've known each other what now for, oh gosh, maybe like 10-ish years? I think so. Yeah. About a yeah. 10, 11 years around there. Um, you have two kids and, and, a, and a husband and, and I know you have like, you run a big business as your career. And before that you were in, what did you do before you started your own business? I was a web, web database developer. So I basically worked on websites, creating reports and importing and just, you know, that would display on websites. Um, my last job where I retired from was in the tourism industry. So helping different tourist um, organizations or, you know, in all over the States so that people could come in and be like, Oh, where do I want to go? Or, you know, when we have people have conferences and being able to like pick out their hotels and stuff like that. So that's what I did right before my retired out pregnant with my second. With your second. Okay. And how old are your kids now? So Kaya just turned 11 on the third and Kaysen will be nine in November. In November. Okay. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So yeah. I feel like I've known you that I remember when your youngest was born, I think at summit there. And so ever since maybe you can paint a picture of us of like, what is your, what has your typical day in the life been as like a career mom with kids, you know, and a husband? Yeah. What is the day in the life like for you? Well, you know, as life goes, everything changes, right. You know, when it was just my daughter and just me, and I was still working, it was get up super early in the morning, do my workout, get a little bit of my, my side hustle, you know what I mean? My fitness, my online fitness stuff, get that all taken care of, get my daughter taken care of, go to work, come home, take care of my daughter, get dinner ready, get all that stuff ready, have her go to sleep. You know what I mean? And then, um, get to doing more building of my business. Yeah. And then with my son, you know what I mean? Then it was working between their nap times. Again, getting up super early, <laughs> um, doing being the mom's nap time work, you know, nighttime stuff like that. I used to be so um that person like I can I can live off four hours of sleep. Like that's all I needed was four hours. And it worked like Physically, I was successful. Business-wise, I was successful. I did okay as a mom. I mean, we were all trying to learn what to do. It's not like, you know, trying to figure that out, especially after the kids, (laughs) you know? And then, and I still, it was that sleep pattern, you know what I mean? Like, I just felt like I could get, you know, if I got four or five hours of solid sleep, I was good. Getting up 4.30 in the morning, that 4.30 hustle, and, you know, doing all the stuff before they went to sleep or woke up and all that stuff. But, um, now, you know, they're both in school. I had a little bit more freedom. I was still doing that, you know, getting up at 430, you know, getting everything done before they got ready for school, do some work while they're at school and then mom in the evenings. But then as I started getting older, I think, you know, that four hours of sleep was just not happening anymore for me. Like it wasn't, it wasn't enough for me. And, you know, I was really good at like, I was a great sleeper. As soon as I put my head down, I'd pass out usually because I was exhausted from the day, <laughs> you know, taking care of the family, cooking, you know, and all that stuff. Um, and then getting up and no problem and sleeping the whole time. And that was where that sleep pattern is when I started realizing this is not like me. I was, it was easy to fall asleep still because I was exhausted, but I couldn't stay asleep. Mm. So those normal 4.30 wake up, it was harder because about 2.33 o'clock, I would just wake up. 
and I couldn't go back to sleep, even though I was exhausted. And that just made the whole rest of the day just drag on, you know what I mean? And then you get that slump and then they come home from school and I just don't want to do anything with them. And so that's when I started realizing like, what's going on? Like, why is my sleep not working very well? Mm -hmm. Like I need to sleep, but I can't sleep. And it's a real normal like response to a significant hormone imbalance, isn't it? So like, there's this element of we're heading into the perimenopause years and we are going to have these waves or these ups and downs of our hormones. But when it's, when the body is really stressed, as you were experiencing, like not sleeping enough and having all these, you know, these habits that maybe were going against your rhythm, that's when we notice the consistent wake up. And then it becomes this awful cycle, right? Cause like you said, you can't sleep enough. So then you're exhausted all day. You're looking for sugar or caffeine, which just irritates the problem. Um, and so when did, how old were you when you started noticing this happening? This started happening, I'm going to say about maybe a year and a half ago, a year and a half ago. And it was crazy because we were home a year and a half ago, you know, it was homeschooling time, you know, so it wasn't like we had this strict schedule to have to get up. But I think, you know, with that stress already, that's the outside stress of, you know, being stuck at home and everything going on and so uncertain, not being able to sleep. Then the hot flashes started coming. And I just be standing, you know, and we live in Arizona, so it's hot, but I'm like, I look around and I'm like, is anybody else like so hot right now? <laughs> I just started getting like, oh my God, like this incredible urge of just heat coming through me. And, uh, and I remember my stepmom, um, because my mom, when she went through menopause or pre premenopause and menopause, it was so early on that I don't, you know, I didn't really remember it. Um, hers was induced by medication. I remember my stepmom when she was going through it, I was like, Oh my God, but I'm only like 41, you know, like, why is this? It shouldn't be happening this early. Then that's when everything started happening. It was like the no sleep, the hot flashes. Um, I just couldn't lose the weight. Like, you know, I've been on my fitness journey for 12 years. And if I had a little, you know, I never was super strict with anything, but I could always bounce back. Like I said, you know, bounce back from, you know, pregnancy. I think I gained about 85 pounds with both my pregnancies and, you know, it was no problem to, you know, just being consistent, you know, being consistent with working out and eat, drinking my shake and eating and following my containers. Well, that's when I started also noticing was like, all the things that I have done in the past and working at heart. I mean, I was like, you know, every day working out, doing all the things I just couldn't, I would lose a little weight and then, you know, come back even more. And, you know, and that just messes with your brain too. Like, yes, what's going on with me? Like maybe something, you know, then you get to that point where like, maybe something's really wrong with me. Like maybe internally something is wrong with me. Like this isn't, shouldn't be happening. I do all the things. I check off all the boxes. I hustle hard. You know, I always work out. Um, That's a really good point is just, we don't even realize the significant impact, like almost like the mind, we'll call it a mind deaf. I want to use a different word there, but I've heard, you know, the mind, the way it messes with your mind around not only what wasn't working is no longer working, but you do start to question, like, is something wrong with me? And it impacts your confidence. Like Mm -hmm. it starts to emotionally impact us, you know, on the inside. And we just, we feel like we become very out of control of our body. And I think on a bigger level, it really feels like our body is working against us and it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then especially being in the fitness industry and you're trying to promote people to join you so that they could, you know, feel good and look good. 
and you seem to not be hitting that mark, it definitely yeah. gives you that imposter syndrome. Like if I can't even help myself yes. with the things that I'm using and I'm promoting, how can I help somebody else? Oh yes. I went through the exact same thing. And even for, you know, my, a lot of my clients who are career moms that don't or career women that aren't in the fitness industry, I think it can be just as frustrating when you're so used to being able to be in control of your success. And now all of a sudden it's eluding you. And that's when it really impacts that emotional and that imposter syndrome in in general, and can even impact your career, whether it's in the fitness industry or not. Yeah. And then if, you know, if that, you know, you're affecting what you used to be so good at, it starts affecting everything else, your relationships, your husband relationships, you, you know, your kids are like, where am I at? I feel so lost. Yeah. Yeah. And so what happened for you then? What did you do? Cause I know you're feeling better now and I'm excited to kind of hear more about that, but what, what happened for you? What started to change? What was working? Well, first, I think first you planted the seed because you were like, you need to scale back. Cause I was like, what's, you know, like you were talking to me and I was like, I was in that mindset of like, no, I have to work out hard because you're supposed to work out hard and eat less and drink my energize every single day. You know what I mean? And yeah. you gave me those things. And I remember like total block. Like I just went like, no, maybe not. There's trying to be something else. Um, but then as I started like checking off and doing a little bit of some Google searching, you know, and I was like, well, maybe, maybe she was right. So I have two doctors. I have my primary doctor and I have my Eastern medicine doctor. And I talked to both of them about my, you know, my symptoms and stuff like that. And they both were like, well, you're at the age. This sounds like you're going through perimenopause. But that was the end of that conversation. You know what I mean? It was just like, well, you know, eat better or, you know, here's a tea that you could drink. You know, that wasn't, that's not, that wasn't even my Eastern medicine doctor. Cause I was talking about the sleep because the sleep was really affecting me so bad. The hair loss was like, cause I mean, I'm known for my hair, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but, um, you know, and it was just like, kind of like, well, that's just how it is right now. Like you got to get through it kind of stuff. And then I would talk to my girlfriends and like, you know, I have some girlfriends that are already, you know, past menopause and they just had no issues, you know, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm so healthy that I shouldn't have these issues or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so then that's when I, you know, went and spoke to you again and I was like, Hey, give me some material to read because I'm that person that needs to know stuff, right? I need to know why I gotta do this and stuff like that. So then as I started reading and understanding, you know, that's when I was like, okay, yes, I may, I am going through perimenopause and it is in this time frame, but I do not have to suffer while I'm going through perimenopause. Um, and I think that's a lot of times, you know, a lot of people think we have to suffer through PMS. We have to suffer through perimenopause. And that's when I, I started switching gears and decided to take my the course. And I just started just following the things that we need to do and realizing that I needed to slow down. Like this is not the phase right now to be hustle, hustle, hustle hard. Grant, I did it and it worked great in my 30s but it was actually hurting me in my forties. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I've, I, I have, I can relate to that. I know so many women can relate to that. Like we hustle hard and, and although obviously like hustling does impact our, you know, our achievements, I think that there is, 
it never really works the best it could for us. It's just that youth is very forgiving. So we don't notice it, right? It's like driving a brand new car hard. It's going to handle better. It's going to, you know, recover better. It's going to do it. But then all of a sudden we hit this age where our body's so busy during perimenopause doing other things that we're battling, you know, it's like climbing up the down escalator. Yeah. Yeah. And then just realizing, you know, learning that if we work with our cycle, like there is a time during the month when you should be hustling, that it's okay to be hustling. And then mm-hmm. there are sometimes like now it's not the time to do that, you know, cause I used to hear, you know, people, you know, when we started getting into the anti-hustle culture, you know, and I used to think to myself, well, how else do you get to where you want unless you hustle, but it's not, you don't stop, you stop it, right? It's just, you listen to your body when to do it. So you're most effective, mm-hmm. let yourself rest when you need to rest. And then you can go back to being that hustle. Like, I think, I think you, you put it right now. Um, and I write it in the book too, you know, that we're four different women mm-hmm. in the month. Like we're four completely different women in the month. Sometimes we're that business go, go, go. And then sometimes we're that social butterfly. And then sometimes we're, you know, leave me alone. I don't talk to anybody. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then there's a time where you're like, you know, you're ready to be, you know, um, what's her face um, from Dutton, you know, and just want to bite everybody's heads off. So. <laughs> I knew you talk about the book. Are you talking about Alyssa Vitti's in the yeah. Okay. So for yeah. anyone who's listening, that was certainly a big game changer book for me, or one of my favorite things to listen to mm-hmm. in the flow by Alyssa Vitti. And it really, for me, so much of it just educated me on this flow. I mean, there's more to it and mm. she definitely focuses in a little bit more on fertility, but in terms of understanding your female body and female rhythm, I, I have found that book to be incredible. So I'm so glad that it resonated for you, but you're yeah. right. That's an important piece. And this was something you and I were talking about as like health and fitness and wellness coaches and and people who love fitness. um, We end up attracting a lot of people into our lives and into our businesses who also really love fitness. And it's not that you cannot maintain this like hustle or this hard workouts. It's just like you said, it's about understanding that there's a time for rest and recovery and there's a time for, you know, gentle movement. And then there's a time to go balls to the walls and all in. And when you go in that you know, way you can actually accomplish like the 150% you've always been accomplishing um, without that depletion. And I think what you and I were both experiencing and what I've heard from other women is when you start to move into this phase and you're still pushing at this capacity and you don't move in the flow, you end up being really depleted later. And so it becomes almost impossible to not reach for sugar or, you know, um, deal with any like um, adrenal dysfunction where you're waking up in the night and, you know, with that kind of racing heart feeling or having these night sweats. And then all of a sudden your whole world gets out of whack. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you have little ones at home where you need to be on, but you can't, (laughs) it just, you know, it's just, it just, you're already, your body's already stressed. And then it just adds even extra stress and to learn to like, and that was one thing too, is like the whole stress management part. I'm like, what? How do you handle the stress management? But it's just like handling your insides can handle your outsides. You know, like we we do so much externally to take care of things, our skin, our hair, our teeth, you know, all this stuff. But it really comes in first from your insides of how your body is functioning and detoxing and producing the different hormones and stuff like that. And once that, you know, 
then you can add in supplements and better lotions or whatever, but it has to come in, come from within first. Uh, I love that. Okay. So I've heard you say a few things about, you know, changing the way, when you worked out, the way you worked out, um, you know, potentially taking supplements, reading the book, what would you say are like, like if you're recommending to someone, you know, what were the first three most high impact things that you did that you started to help you kind of settle into this new way of living or make made a difference in your results? You know, what, what would you recommend to people? Well, I mean, for me, you know, it was like a long process and trying to learn this stuff, but I think, you know, first and foremost, it was my gut health, right? Like really understanding because if you're, we're already out of whack with our when we're in pre-menopause, things are not being produced how they used to be. And then other things get overproduced. And then you're just stressed because you, you know, you have kids, you're working, you have a house and all that stuff. So your body is not releasing the stuff that it needs. So for me, it's always like, okay, how is your lifestyle? You know, like, what are you doing? What, how are you eating? How are you detoxing your body? Learning that we don't need an actual detox supplements, you know, that we need to work on our bodies being able to do what it was meant to do would be one of the first things, you know what I mean? And, you know, second thing for me, I know when I could tell it's helped and it wasn't like an overnight success was really getting that good morning routine, you know, getting that, you know, the water with lemon and the salt, you know what I mean? And then getting that and the green juice, like I, you know, just the, you know, I was always trying to figure out the difference between stuff like that, but learning about the adaptogens to help with our adrenals to, to like, you know, you can't stop stress, you know, like mm-hmm. there's so much going on, but if you can help your organs do what it's supposed to be doing, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that was my thing too. I was like, you know, having your body do what it's supposed to do, even if the external stuff was going on. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely way, like there's, there's ways in life where we can learn to say no and not take on so much and honor our cycle. So we're not adding more stress to our lives, but you're right. It's it's more just this, the support system and the stress management. So, you know, so one thing you said, so make sure you're checking in on your gut health, like doing, making sure that you're, you're nourishing your gut in a good way. Cause we know the impact. And then is it warm water with lemon that you have? I know yeah. That. So every morning I have warm water. Sometimes I mess up and I make it hot water. Not so good. So warm <laughs> water, uh, half a lemon and a couple like shakes of Himalayan salt. That's what I do first thing in the morning. Even even when I was on vacation, even though I didn't, you know, just got back from the white balance, even though I didn't work out and I just kind of like went off the grid, I still had my warm water with lemon and salt and then my greens juice and just, you know, and that just helps me set the day good for my insides, you know, like, okay, I'm ready for the day. My body's ready to eat the food and do what it needs to do with the food. I love that. And those are really simple things, especially warm water with lemon. Like it's really yeah. comforting. It's practically free. It's yeah. a really subtle thing that anyone can do that helps support your liver. It helps, you know, support your organs of elimination, which is key, I think. And, and like you said, it sort of sets you up for a really good day of like steady blood sugar. And when we do these things, that's what creates the space for us to allow the hormones to balance on their own. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that would be my first thing. And then the stress management, like the stress management, you know, for me is movement. And now I'm realizing that the movement does not always have to be like hardcore, 
you know, hundred pound deadlifts, you know, or, you know, a hardcore hit every day, like, but just some sort of movement, you know, if it's yoga or breathing, you know, but there's still some sort of movement, which will help with the stress and, you know, moving does help with your blood sugar and to help, you know, get your, your fat cells smaller so that you don't have insulin resistance, you know, and stuff like that. So just some movement as far as stress management and finding something that you like, like finding a hobby that will, you know, kind of get you in there. You know, for me, I've never really had hobbies because it's always work, 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 you know, and there was never time for anything like that. But like, for me, I found is like, I've become a very big reader of, you know, and not personal development reading, like just fantasy or, you know, fiction reading. And then just kind of like, it just takes me. And I know that has helped me with, you know, just calming down, you know, when I need to calm down, like, but that's not for everybody, right? Like I understand not everybody likes that kind of stuff, but, but finding things that bring you joy, you know, whatever that is, if gardening or painting or whatever, but it, that is part of stress management, you know, doing that on a daily basis. Like that's not something you're going to go do when you're stressed, right? That just helps you just spark your joy. Yeah. I love, what are you reading? What did you read last or what's, oh, oh my God. So everybody knows this. I am so into like romance kind of smutty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like, like 50 shades of gray level. Well, like, not violent. that smutty, but like, you know, in, on the, I, I didn't read 50 shades of gray and everybody's going to hear this. My son is a 50 shades of gray kid. Just let me know. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> It's going to be nine. Um, but like, I you know I really got into a lot of like the fantasy stuff, you know, like, you know, stuff that's, you know, take back in like different lands, different worlds, different times with, you know, fae and vampires. And I just like a whole totally completely different thing than in the real life, you know, like, and so that just kind of takes you to the other thing. And I'm, I have been reading like crazy, you know, whenever downtime before bed. And honestly, one of the reasons I started even finding out that I liked reading or would got back into reading. So I used to always love reading was me not being able to fall asleep. When my sleeping started getting messed up, I had my other, my best friend, she's like, well, how about, cause she's like, like, you know, cause I watched, I'd binge on Netflix, you know, and just watch tons of Netflix, but that, you know, is not serving me. You know what I mean? And so she just goes, you know, one thing you could do is like, whatever stuff that you like to watch on Netflix, find that genre in a book. And maybe if you read that at night, that could calm your, calm yourself so that you could fall asleep. Well, I even in TV, you know, I love vampires and fantasy and, you know, all this different stuff. So I got a book and it did help me fall asleep. But I, again, I still couldn't stay asleep at that point, but that's when I just started getting into it. I'm like, Oh my God, let me find another book. Let me find another. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> yeah. love that. Yeah. So that's, that's an amazing tip. Like, I think that's a really great share because sleep is such a problem for so many in perimenopause. So really shifting from that, having that blue light and stimulating screen to like, maybe, you know, finding another place where someone else isn't sleeping next to you, where you can like wind down and read. And when you get tired, try going back to bed. Yeah. But I, I love what you said there as well. Just like when, with this importance of movement, I totally agree. I think for the general, for the overall health of our body, like we have to consciously move 30 mm-hmm. minutes a day minimum. Like that's just because we're very stagnant. And so, so we, there's this element of like, 
yeah, we all need to consciously move. That's why it's really nice to have a dog because you can just, you have to walk the dog anyway. We have to consciously move. But when it comes to hobbies or fitness, as we fall in love, like that is really fitness at that level or a more, it really should fall into that hobby category where it is bringing you joy. You do it, you love it. You do it because it makes you feel so good. But I think it should be separate from this, like what is required for your health mm-hmm. is this daily movement and whether that movement, and it should be a stress reducing, not a stress inducing movement. So walking, dancing, yoga, like expansion kind of concept. And, um, okay. I love that. These are really, really good tips. How are you feeling these days? These days I'm feeling Great. I feel, I mean, you know, it took me a while. Like, I think I started learning about this probably last October, you know, and I was like, you know, what's going on? You know, talking with you, reading the book, starting my course and everything. Um, it, it now it feels good. Like, no, I'm not going to be on, you know, a fitness stage and, you know, have six pack abs, but that's not what my, my goal is anymore. My goal is just to feel good feel good when I look in the mirror and that I'm going and what I'm doing right now means that when I'm 80, I'm going to feel good and still be able to move, you know, and, you know, and not have all the aches and pains that, you know, are associated with getting older. We can't stop getting older. Women can't stop going through menopause or perimenopause. This is just things that are going to happen, which I think I never realized in my brain. You know what I mean? Everybody was like, Oh, I want to age gracefully and I want to, you know, do this, but it's what we do right now. And so, like I said, right now I feel good. I, I just got back from my vacation. It was six days. And normally on a typical time, even when I was at my fittest, you know what I mean? And, and doing all the things and things were working the way they were supposed to be working or how they used to be working, not supposed to be working. Um, I'd always come home from um, the vacation bloated, tired, need extra time to, you know, and, um, and gain at least 10 pounds, you know, from just all the stuff. I, my body would just, and I've always had issues with my stomach and my stomach always had, you know, that was one of the reasons I started this whole journey 12 years ago, because I found a shake that helped me, you know, regulate my stomach. But this time I came back exactly the same way as I left. Oh, <laughs> like, I mean, that's amazing. Yes, yeah, like I wasn't bloated. The scale was exactly the same way. And it wasn't like I was like, so I wasn't strict on my eating. I ate the foods I knew that were good for me after I learning what affects me, what not affects me. Right. I, and I didn't, wasn't counting anything or measuring anything or putting anything in the container. I just, you know, enjoyed myself many cocktails at night with the adults while the kids were, you know, down asleep or, you know, down for the day. Like I never felt like I was restricted or deprived myself. And I came back exactly the same way six Uh, days, six days before that. And that to me was like, okay, like I'm this is, this, yeah, this is work. This is my body. I know my body. It took a long time. I know the things that work for it. And I just relaxed. You know what I mean? A lot of the times I would go on a workout. I mean, go on vacation. I'm like, where's the gym? I have to get that gym in the hotel or I'd bring all my, sometimes I'd bring like weights, you know, to our, you know, cabins or whatever. This time I was just like, I'm just going to scale it back. And this is what really hit me. It's like doing less is not bad and it's okay. That's an amazing thing to recognize. Like some of the best, because we look outside of ourselves so often for results, mm-hmm. um, you know, or proof and validation that something is working. And the fact that you come back, that you don't have that inflammation, that you feel good, that you still had fun. 
Mm-hmm. And then of course you have the proof on the scale that nothing changed. I mean, and isn't that the biggest breath of fresh air through all this is when you start to trust your body mm-hmm. into it and relax into it, you can actually do less and have more. Exactly. And, you know, coming from a mentality of always being, I have to give 110%, you know what I mean? You're a woman, you're a minority and everything that you have to do, you always have to like do more and more and more. And if I don't do more then you know, what's wrong? Or, and I was thinking about this before something before I got on, it was like, even at home, like never learning to relax, you know, cause you would get this thing like, well, you're home. And I'm like, no, but I'm still working. So it always felt like I had to like always prove that I was doing something, even though I was home, but I was working, I was building, I was doing something. And that just ran me ragged. And then you get burnt out. Yeah. yeah. And now it's just like, I can do less. I can do what I need to get done and then relax. And it's okay to not do something. Like you don't need a whole day of Sunday to like recover from the week. You can do that a little bit every day. Yeah. In fact, it's important because we must recover in order to be, uh, to perform optimally in the other areas. Yeah. So, oh, that's incredible. I love that. Thank you for sharing all of that. I, I the, the one last piece I want to just kind of bring up. So one, I love that you're feeling great. I love that, you know, I think it's important to talk about how it took, you know, it was last October when you started mm-hmm. thinking about these things. So this does take time. We don't get yeah. to just undo, you know, habits from so long ago and it's educating and it's making these small, simple steps, but it's that, I think the hardest piece and what actually takes so long is really the mental part, isn't it? It's the yes. it's being like, I don't have to hustle to get where I want to go. I don't have to push myself so hard to get where I want to go. Yes, exactly. It is the mental and the, you know, our habits that we've done, whatever, whether they're good habits, you know, I mean, if you looked at the things I was doing, those are still considered good habits. You know what I mean? So even if the good habits or bad habits, it's hard to change those habits. And that's why the education part, I think is really important because when you know why you should be doing something, I think it's easier to keep doing it. You know what I mean? Like, why shouldn't I have my pre-workout on an empty stomach? That sounds ridiculous to me because I work out first thing in the morning. But then when you start realizing, well, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? It's just going to mess up with my cortisol levels. You know what I mean? And my blood sugar levels and it's not setting me up. And, you know, so it's like, okay, let's try it. So it's like that education piece is what I think is really key for me. And I think is a really key for a lot of women to realize why something that you've been doing for so long, even if it's not working anymore, why you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Any, any last minute advice for, for other career women or anyone who's struggling right now in their, you know, in these, with all these symptoms or this frustration of not being able to sleep well, or all this stuff in the perimenopause years, any last minute things you want to share out into the world? I mean, all, I think the one thing is give yourself grace. Like you're not alone. This is what happens. Like you cannot stop it. You cannot stop this from happening and you're not alone and you don't have to suffer. It might take some work to change some stuff and get things going get some help, have, you know, have somebody guide you, do your own research or whatever, but give yourself grace. Like just because it's not willpower that you cannot stop eating that bag of chips, you know, it's not something wrong with you. Your body is going through something different. Yeah. So give yourself some grace, stop blaming yourself, and then just take a small step in knowing that you can change this. Yeah. I love that. Thank you, T. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on.
Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.